Hey there, everybody, and uh, welcome back for another podcast. This is Scott Durfee. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and uncle, David Durfee. What's up, Dave? Yeah, so good to be here, Scott. So nice to be with you and talk about important things. Life-changing things, really. Yeah, they really are, and important things for sure. We uh, Great podcast last week. We've had some good comments from the uh, story again of the uh, the story of your friend David in the Utah State Prison and the experience there of him feeling some of the compensatory blessings that come, you know, as one of the uh, many unconditional blessings that come through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I think today, Dave, as uh, we continue down this path, we'll be talking about uh, something a little bit different, won't we? Yes, Scott. So we're in a little bit of a transition now. We've spent a lot of time the last several weeks speaking about the atonement of Jesus Christ. We we spent a few weeks talking about the events, and then we've spent uh, a few weeks talking about the the different aspects, unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, how we're covered unconditionally by the All of us unconditionally are covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ. He unconditionally, through his infinite atonement, overcame death through the resurrection. He overcame sin. He suffered for all sin, repented of or not, and because of his sacrifice, uh, we will all return to the presence of God to be judged. If it wasn't for the resurrection, that wouldn't be possible. If it weren't for his atonement and suffering for our sin, that wouldn't be possible. But those two things are unconditional. All will return to the presence of God to be judged. And all will be resurrected. And then we've talked about the compensatory blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And all of us receive that unconditionally as a result of the world we live in and the the fall and the negatives that are a result of that that we didn't choose all of those things are covered unconditionally by the atonement of jesus christ sickness pain and and not just physical i'm talking emotional spiritual all of that is covered unconditionally by the atonement of Jesus Christ. It's it's not just, Scott, that he has divine empathy because he felt the pains of our sicknesses and our sins and our suffering, but he also gives us compensatory blessings that flow into our life because of his atoning sacrifice. So it goes way beyond his divine empathy for what we feel, and it is comforting to know that he felt it, but more than that, we receive blessings from it. And that's only possible through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And those blessings are unconditional. I love one of the quotes that uh, we used last week, and we touch on this quote semi-frequently, I think, throughout the podcast. But it comes from uh, Preach My Gospel, page 52, where it says, All that is unfair about life can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. All that is unfair yeah. And, and you know, and and that can be that can cover so many different things. And if you, if there's so to our listeners, if there's anything in your life that's unfair, uh, that came by no choice of your own or by no choice of our own, those things can be made right through the atonement of Jesus that's Christ. From preach my gospel. That's right, page fifty-two. So uh, 
anyway, I, I just think every day we should be more aware of the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We've talked about uh, the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We've talked about the enabling or the strengthening powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We have talked about the compensatory powers and blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And now, Scott, I would like to move into the conditional blessings and powers that we may receive in our life through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And uh, basically, uh, that, that gets into the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ is really the, the uh, conditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I know we spend probably 80% of our time in general conference and in Sunday school and in talks and in home, family home evenings and in our teaching and, and preaching. We spend so much time on the doctrine of Christ. And I love it. And, and that's right. We, we should. But I hope our listeners uh, will be more filled with gratitude for the atonement of Jesus Christ because they now understand the unconditional aspects as we begin to speak about the doctrine of Christ and the conditional aspects. If we go back uh, several weeks ago, and, and, and maybe even last week we talked about, or, or over the last couple of weeks we talked about, that, that gratitude is the uh, root or the beginning, the seed of all desire. And so once we do feel that gratitude because of the unconditional effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, then we have a desire that, and it that should des- move us into that. Exactly, and that as that desire builds and grows, yeah. then it moves us into qualifying for the conditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus and Christ. To, and to enjoy all the blessings of the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ, Scott, it's so interesting to me that, that in the Scriptures, doctrine is always positive, and the word doctrines, plural, are, is always negative in the Scriptures. I think there's only one maybe exception to that. But um, doctrine, there's only one. And in the scriptures, it is the doctrine of Christ. I love how that's introduced by Nephi in Second Nephi chapter 31. And the, the doctrine of Christ as it's, as it's taught throughout the Book of Mormon includes faith in Jesus Christ, second, repentance, third, baptism by immersion, for the remission of sins, or in other words, ordinances. And fourth, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the language, right? This is basically the fourth article of faith. And fifth, there is a fifth, which is endurance and enduring to the end. We should do a special podcast on just endurance sometime. I think people think of enduring to the end as as something of a journey, I actually think endurance is more of a quality or a, a quality of character and not just a, a journey or not just a long process. I think endurance is actually a, a quality of our character. Anyway, uh, those are the, uh, the five points that make up the doctrine of Christ. And we'll begin to speak about those now in some depth. Of course, all of this, again, is based upon a course that was designed and taught at the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, which has become a, a course taught throughout the world in institutes of religion. And, and Scott, it's about really repentance. I mean, that was the, really the focus of that course, 
was to help uh, young adults to repent. And so we'll spend uh, probably more time on that particular point in the doctrine of Christ. But all of these go together. You, can't, you cannot see these as, as um, individual silos, five different silos. These all five points go together. They are inextricably linked together. Again, they're kind of like the cycle or the helix, and, and their stages and their cycles, not only for, for the five of them working together, but within each one of them, there is a, like a cycle or a stage, and that leads us to, to faith. We can never speak about any principle of the gospel as if you have it or you don't. We all have it to some degree. Everyone on this earth got to some degree has faith. Even if it's in, even if it's true faith or false faith, faith is a principle of action, according to the lectures on faith. At the very basic level, Scott, we don't do anything without believing that something will happen. We, why, you know, why do people get out of bed? I used to ask my students, why, why did you get out of bed this morning? And they would give me all these reasons, and I said, well, what, what you're really saying, what it really comes down to, is right that you believed that you needed to do something or that you could do something or that something good was going to happen today or you wouldn't have gotten out of bed. Right, yeah. <laughs> faith is is the power of action behind all, all, all things. In the lectures of faith, I don't have the exact quote here in front of me, but it is the moving cause. Faith is the moving cause of all action. Well, that the, I think even before that, Scott, faith is a belief. It's it's a hope. It's a, a, I hope that something happens. I believe something will happen. You know, the very lowest level of faith, Scott, is probably described in um, probably the most quoted scripture in the Book of Mormon on faith, and yet I believe it describes the lowest level of faith. And that's because Alma's teaching the Zoramites, who are apostates, and he's starting at the very, the very basic, lowest level of faith with them, as we do with all of our friends and non-members who are, who are uh, maybe coming back into activity or who aren't members at all. And that's uh, Alma chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-one. Alma chapter. Th- 32, verse 21, quoted, I think, by all missionaries trying to teach uh, faith. And then, then, you know, Alma 32 goes on and talks about the seed, planting the seed, which is the Word, actually, the Word of God or the Word of Christ, into our hearts and how it grows up to become this mighty tree of faith. Even, in, even as Alma teaches this, he starts at the lowest level where it becomes... Uh, a very small thing, and then it becomes this great tree that produces fruit. Even in Alma's great discourse on faith in Alma 32, he describes it in in stages. It it grows. It's not that you either have faith or you don't. It's where are you at on the spectrum of faith. So you want to read Alma 32, 21, Scott? Yep, you got it. Uh, So this is Alma 32, 21. And now, as I said concerning faith, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if you have faith, you hope for things which are not seen, which are true. 
Okay, so, you know, I used to sometimes follow that scripture up in class with this question. So based on that level of faith or that definition of faith, does God have faith? And they would think about it. They would read the scripture and think about it. And then they would, most of them say, no, God knows all things. He has perfect knowledge. So no, God doesn't have faith. <laughs> I would say, well, we know that's not true. <laughs> Hebrews in, in Hebrews, we learn that God created the worlds by faith. The faith is the power of God. God has perfect faith. Uh, this is the lowest level of faith that you don't you may not have the perfect knowledge of things, but you must have faith to be able to obtain the perfect knowledge of, of, of things. And even after that, you will need faith to be able to act and to be able to create and to be able to do the things that God does by the power of faith. And maybe let's go to another scripture right now, Scott, in the Book of Mormon, which is in Jacob. In Jacob uh, chapter 4, verse 6, he describes another level of faith. And so let's kind of, here's kind of one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum or continuum as we think of faith. And this is, this is what I would call the, the faith of power or, or the, the faith of miracles. So um, we, to believe in things that we can't see, Definitely, that is faith, but not the same level as the faith described by Jacob in uh, Jacob chapter 4, verse 6. And here it is. And maybe read 7, too. You got it. And here it is. Wherefore, we search the prophets, and we have many revelations in the spirit of prophecy. And having all these witnesses, we obtain a hope, and our faith becometh unshaken, insomuch that we truly can command the name of Jesus and the very trees obey us or the mountains or the waves of the sea. And verse 7, Nevertheless, the Lord God show us, showeth us our weakness that we may know that it is by his grace and his great condescension unto the children of men that we have power to do these things. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah, I, you know, Dave, I, and this maybe this is a question, but I notice he didn't use the word weaknesses. Yeah, he identifies our weakness. Is the that fall, it, really? So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is so is that the what fall, that's referring mortality, to when we talk about our, our weakness? That's when we go back to the beginning of the podcast and when we talk about the two great effects of the fall of Adam and Eve, right? The spiritual Which we death and all the physical celebrate. death. And, and so you know, I, I and so for me. Nevertheless, the Lord God showeth us our weakness. In other words, our fallen state. Which isn't a bad thing. No. It's part of the plan. And it's part of the divine plan. Because it's the beginning of our understanding of our redemption. Yeah, absolutely. And our need. It it should give us desire. And it it gives us the need for a Savior and Redeemer and... But there's his, another thing. For his grace. There's another thing that really sticks out to me here as well. It says, wherefore, we search the prophets and we have mem- many revelations. And so it's telling us what we are doing and what we do to receive something that comes next. Okay, so that that leads us into talking about how we can obtain faith, Yep, Scott. And really the different levels or stages of our faith is uh, 
definitely dependent upon what we do to obtain faith. You cannot obtain the power of faith or the faith of power by being passive. Paul said, Faith cometh by hearing, yea, by hearing the word of God. Now, so let's just talk about that for a minute. Uh, I really believe uh, in that whole Alma 32 discourse that the seed is the word that we plant in our heart. Alma makes that really clear. You've got to plant the word. Well, if you haven't read the word, if you don't know the word, if the word hasn't been preached to you, or you haven't studied or paid the price to obtain the word, then there's nothing to plant in your heart. The faith that will save us, redeem us, exalt us eventually, help us to become like like our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that, that level of faith begins with a seed. I love, uh, you know, the Savior's little parable that the uh, uh, faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And then Elder Anderson's whole talk on that. You know, that the faith of a mustard seed. Well, I, I think about that when I read Alma thirty two twenty eight. So let's 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 read Alma chapter thirty two, verse twenty eight. It's got about planting the seed. Start. And now we will compare the word unto a seed. Now if you give place that the seed may be planted in your heart. So so what's the seed, Scott? So the seed is the word, David. Now it's if we will compare the, the word, word what's the word? The seed. So the word is what's well, the word? Yeah, and that's a great question. And he do, he actually gives us the answer to that. Okay. In thirty three. Well then we'll get there. Okay, so so we'll get there. Yeah. But I I just I need everybody to understand that seed that is planted. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that seed may be that little mustard seed that Jesus described, and it may be the little mustard seed that President Nelson talked about. That seed is the word of God. And without the word of God, there is no righteous faith that can ever grow. It begins with the seed. It grows up into fruit, which bears more seeds. And, uh, and it goes on and on. So yeah. uh, continue to describe faith in that verse 28. I'm just going to start at the beginning again. And there's a couple of things as we go through here that are really kind of fun to help us remember. But now we will compare the word unto a seed. Now, if you give place that a seed may be planted in your heart, behold, if it be true, a true seed or a good seed, if you do not cast it out by your unbelief that ye will resist the spirit of the Lord, behold, it will begin to swell. There's an S, swell. It will begin to swell within your breasts. And when you feel these swelling motions, you will begin to say within yourself, it must needs be that this is a good seed or that the word is good. For it beginneth to enlarge enlarge my soul. Enlarge. There's an E. So we have an S with swell. Now we have an enlarge with, or excuse me, we have an E with enlarge. My soul. Yea, it beginneth to enlighten, another E, my understanding. Yea, it beginneth to be delicious, there's the D, unto me. So if you go back, swell, enlarge, enlighten, and delicious, that spells the word seed, Dave. You exactly. I know. Isn't that awesome? I can't remember where I learned that, but I learned that many years ago from somebody else. 
And I just think there's no coincidence about that, that Alma, Alma used that. I know it was written in Reformed Egyptian, and I don't know how it looks in Reformed Egyptian originally, but it's uh, definitely inspired by God. So seed, the swelling of the soul, enlarging of the soul, the enlightening of the mind, and it is delicious. The seed is the word of God, and it's all of that. The, seed, the word of God enlarges our soul. It enlightens our mind. It is delicious, and we should uh, feast upon it. And uh, then as he goes through and describes this, uh, this seed and how it grows and how, how our knowledge can replace that, the beginning of our faith, to, and it grows up to be greater faith. I, I mean, faith is ongoing against God. It's not whether you have it or whether you don't. It's that it, it, it goes on and on and on, and, and our faith in one thing may be replaced by a faith in another thing. I mean, I, I may believe that there's God, but when, when Joseph Smith sees God, he knows there's God, and he still needs faith to be able to worship him and to become like him. So the, we always need faith, but it's always moving on. It's always going from one place or one stage to another and, and that's how we have to think of it, and not just the principle, again, of faith. But this is true of the principle of hope. This is true of the principle of charity or any other spiritual principle or quality. So, Scott, in this amazing discourse in Alma chapter 32, as Alma begins to finish it, then he, he gives them some direction on how to obtain the word. And he perceives that they're wondering how can I receive, how can they receive the word of God? And so let's, let's just read uh, Alma chapter 33, verse 2. And Alma said unto them, Behold, ye have said that ye could not worship your God because ye are cast out of your synagogues. But behold, I say unto you, if you suppose that you cannot worship your God, do you, you greatly err? And ye ought to search the scriptures. If ye suppose that they have taught you this, you do not understand them. So he is saying one way to obtain the word is to read or search the scriptures, that the word of God is found in the scriptures. I think all of us understand that, but I don't know how literally or what price, what level of priority we put on that, Scott. I, I, I always think of... Uh, Elder Bruce R. McConkie, who who would always say, the best kept secret in the church is that personal revelation comes by reading your scriptures. <laughs> I can hear his voice. Yeah, I, me too. I, I didn't uh, yeah. probably uh, do that very well or do him justice. But if you if you think back to what we just read in Jacob, yeah. Chapter 4, verse 6, remember what he said? We searched the prophets, and we received many revelations. Well, Scott, those, those, aren't, those aren't two separate things. The, the, those, are, those are, it's kind of one and the same. They searched the scriptures or the prophets, and as they did so, they received revelation. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's how we receive revelation, if we, if we know how to search and study the Scriptures, how to treasure them and feast upon them, we receive the Word of God. It's one thing to read the Scriptures and receive the, the Word of God in the Scriptures, but, Scott, even greater 
than that. And the real feasting comes when, as we read the scriptures, we hear him and we receive personal revelation. There's a big blessing that comes, and I'm going to go back to Jacob chapter 4, verse 6 as well, and it says, and our faith becometh unshaken. Yeah, see, so when they hear the voice, when they receive revelation as a result of searching the prophets, right. the scriptures, their faith becomes unshaken. Unshaken. I know there's so many, so many of us who worry about loved ones, friends, family, and uh, and others, you know, who are having a quote-unquote faith crises. Well, there's no faith crises in in that verse. No, no, there's faith unshaken. <laughs> Their faith yeah. became unshaken. But but there's a price to pay to get that. Yeah, We absolutely. search the prophets, and absolutely. we have many revelations in the spirit of prophecy, and having all these witnesses, we obtain hope, and our faith then becomes unshaken. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I hope that's the level of faith we can all get to. And and we're talking about faith today, Scott, kind of in the general. Uh, we, we will narrow this down in the specific in the next podcast, and we'll talk about what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ, because ultimately the doctrine of Christ begins by saying we believe that the first four principles and ordinances of the gospel are faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would add, and his atonement. So, uh, really, the faith to be forgiven, the faith to obtain uh, exaltation, that that the really the power of faith to obtain that gift of eternal life, that must be specifically focused in and on Jesus Christ and his atonement. And uh, we'll talk more about that in the specific in the next podcast. Today, we're kind of talking about faith in the general. So the the differences in the levels and, and stages of faith. And in order to obtain any faith, I, I believe, or at least the faith of power, is to search the prophets, read the scriptures. And then Alma goes on in Alma 33, Scott, and he begins to talk about worship, personal worship. You know, let's remember that these Ormites, that they, they had this great... Uh, ritual of uh, public worship and they'd get on the rammy umptum and they would pray and they'd thank God that they were special so and that they were elect and they were yeah. saved and all of that. And, and Alma says, you, you, you don't, you don't understand how to worship. So as part of his lecture on faith, he's trying to teach them how to worship. So let's, let's just read a few more verses there in the, in 33 verse, starting with verse three. Do you remember to have read what Zenus, the prophet of old, has said concerning prayer and uh, prayer or worship? So, do you note <clears throat> that he synonymously connects worship with prayer? With prayer, ultimately, Scott, personal worship must include personal prayer. Um, I, I I know the brethren are trying so hard to help us to understand what it means to be in our worship, to be family-centered, right, church-supported, and I would add Christ-centered and Christ-focused. Christ-focused, family-centered, church-supported. Right. And and that's what Alma's doing here. That's what Alma goes into. 
So continue there, that, that prayer or worship, they're, they're synonymous. For he said, thou, now this is Zenus again, you're quoting what Zenus said. For he said, thou art merciful, O God, for thou hast heard my prayer, even as I was in the wilderness. Yea, thou wast merciful when I prayed concerning those who were mine enemies, and thou didst turn them to me. Yea, O God, and thou wast merciful unto me when I did cry unto thee in my field, and when I did cry unto thee in my prayer, and thou didst hear me. And it goes on and on for several verses now, talking about the power of prayer, and again, and how he receives mercy and revelation. This makes our faith unshaken. Eventually, Scott, in the last part of chapter 33, which I think is, I don't know, it may be my favorite chapter, I think, I, I don't know, maybe my favorite verse. When we get down to, to verse 27, 28, the last uh, few verses of chapter 33, he really hones in on what is the word. I, I'm sorry, verses uh, 21 through 23, the last three verses, Scott. Maybe we can uh, begin there. He's he's compared he's compared the the power of faith and and redemption and uh, salvation with the children of Israel looking at the brass serpent. If they would just look up, just look up to God and live. If they would just look up at the brass serpent, and he he talks about that, and then he says, well, because of the hardness of their hearts, they wouldn't even look and therefore they perished in the wilderness. So he says how the brass serpent can heal them because they wouldn't look, and you can't be healed unless you, unless you worship uh, Jesus Christ. And so he, let's, let's begin with verse 22, Scott. If so, woe shall come unto you. But if not so, then cast about your eyes and begin to believe in the Son of God. Just begin. Begin to believe. Begin to desire to believe. Again, this going, is all going back to the seed, right? Levels, stages. Yeah, yeah. Just begin to believe. And begin to believe in the Son of God, that he will come and redeem his people, and that he shall suffer and die to atone for their sins, and that he shall rise again from the dead, which shall bring to pass the resurrection, that all men shall stand before him to be judged at the last and judgment day according to their works. And then in verse 23 he says, And now, my brethren, I desire that ye shall plant this word, this word, this is the seed, this is the ultimate seed that you should plant in your hearts. And as it beginneth to swell, even so nourish it by your faith. So even in the stages, as we go through the stages and levels of faith, Scott, we nourish the seed by our faith. We nourish the word by our faith, and our faith grows stronger and stronger, and we nourish it by our faith, and it becomes stronger and stronger until the perfect day when we, ha- when we obtain the faith of God, when we can speak and we can command, like Jacob described in the the, the waves of the sea and the mountains obey us. Or God can speak and create the, 
the power of the word, you know, that's all described in Moses, how God created the worlds, was that through the power of the word. So I, uh, I hope that our listeners, just in speaking of faith in the general, will begin to kind of uh, ponder, meditate, study upon the different levels of faith. Dave, there's there's something else I, I just kind of want to point out here in verse 23. So I'm going to read this if it's okay, and then there's a, there's a there's a an emphasis I want to make. So this is verse 23 in that same chapter of Alma 33. And now, my brethren, I desire that ye shall plant this word in your hearts, and as it beginneth to swell, even so nourish it by your faith. We read that, and behold, it will become a tree springing up into everlasting life, and then may God and then May God right. grant you that your burdens may be light mm. through the joy of his son. So if we're looking for our burdens to become lighter, which who isn't, right? Through the atonement of Jesus Christ, there's that, that seems to kind of give us the recipe on how to make that happen. And there's nothing passive or easy about That's that. Correct. There's not, you cannot be passive about on our it, part. It, it takes It takes you begin... You begin by believing. That's where you begin, by believing. Or as Alma says in 28, even if you only have a desire, or 27, even if you only have a desire to believe. Right. Just begin somewhere. And and then as you begin and you plant the word and you read the scriptures and then you begin to have personal revelation and you begin to feel the Holy Ghost and your soul swells and is enlarged and your mind is enlightened and all of this revelation and hearing the word of the Lord is delicious, then your faith begins to grow. And Scott, I'm not sure you can do that in, in a couple of minutes or reading a reading one verse on, on your app, on your phone. Alma seems to kind of know that as he's telling us this. And then may God grant in, to you again, kind of the end of 23, unto you that your burdens may be light through the joy of his son. The joy of his son, again, and we go back to Hebrews for this too, that he he did his atonement, Jesus Christ did the atonement for his joy, or the joy and the joy of the Father, and and then Alma seems to know that it's going to be difficult, because he gives us a little, a little yeah. encouragement here, right? And even this, and even all this, can ye do if ye will. There is a price. Yeah, that's right. There is a price, Scott. Now, now, I, I, I know, I know, all of our listeners are in a different place and stage in their own life. Yeah. Not only does faith have different stages and levels, but we're all, as individuals, right, at different stages in our life and on different levels of our faith. And I understand that, and so I don't want to make anybody feel bad about about anything that I say because you got to begin somewhere, and and by small and simple things. Great things can come to pass and begin small, but but to 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 really develop the 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 higher levels of faith and the faith of power, man, that that takes that takes great effort, Scott, and and eventually people, it's not like it's laborious or like it's a burden to do it, you know. Um, I I love, and I'm in a place where I can do that, and I've done that. I've been able to do it through much of my life because of teaching seminaries and institutes. And so how lucky and blessed am I? And, and, uh, you, you work, you work every day and 
You don't have the time to prepare lessons like I had time to prepare lessons. And none of us can compare ourselves to anybody else as far as the stages that we're at or the levels of understanding that we're at. But I just want to say that uh, there's this wonderful app, and I love it, that I have discovered. My son shared it with me. And I can look at that app every day, and I can read two verses. It's usually two verses from Come Follow Me for the week. And every day they have two more verses. And every day I can read that, and I do. And I, th- I, th- I feel good about myself. I feel like I'm, I'm doing Come Follow Me. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it makes me happy. And, yeah. and I feel like I'm, uh, you know, and I, I like to just ponder those. I don't just sure. read them and, and... Check the box. Right. I, I, I ponder them. I try to have an experience with those verses. But, Scott, that's different than, than what my sweetheart does when she goes in. She's got her manual. She's got her journal. She's got her scriptures. And she goes through the, the manual on Come Follow Me. She reads the scriptures and really ponders them. And then she, and I love her for this, she answers all of the questions in the manual in writing in her journal she takes the time to ponder those questions which i i love the manual and i love their inspired questions and she takes time to answer those inspired questions and to write down the answers and she be, she has revelation she's told me so many times the feelings and the promptings and and the revelations that she's received scott that's that's a different level of faith. Yeah. She comes out of her experience with a totally different level, higher level of faith than I receive by reading two verses on my phone every day. I mean, I, I just, we need to know that these levels and stages of faith are not just a lifelong thing, but they're a daily thing. Right. What are we doing daily right. to grow our yep. faith? That's right. And I know we can't all do 30 minutes a day, but it may take more than a few seconds and yeah. a few verses. Yeah. Deb's very much the same way. You and I are kind of similar along that. I, I do it throughout the day when I get a break and in my work and, and, and so forth. But 6 o'clock every morning, Deb walks into her office, and uh, I know and everybody knows this. Do not disturb Deb during that period of time because she's not maybe a different uh, approach than Chris, but very, very much a devotion on her part as well. And, and that, you know, Dave, and that's what it's talking about when it says if we plant the seed. And, right. and, and they are planting, not just planting, but they are cultivating. My dad... Um, plant seeds every spring this time of year if we were to go to his house he has this huge garden and and i i don't know that i've seen a more beautiful more manicured garden but he's putting the effort to take care of the seeds there that was planted and and that's what we see there you know and and that's what alma's encouraging us and even all this you can do if you will right right if you plant and then you he he says in 32 right you can't just plant you got to nourish, and by your diligence and by your patience, you got to nourish and take care of that seed before it will grow up to be a tree. I, I want to recommend our listeners to consider reading a talk on this subject that was given at BYU-Idaho Devotional, so you can just look up BYU-Idaho Speeches and Google that. And it's in March of 2015. 
and it's a, a devotional talk by Elder Wilford Anderson, the the seventy. But it is an amazing talk on what we are trying to describe in in regards to the levels of faith, uh, and he talks about the levels of faith to sow seeds and the level of faith to harvest or to reap uh, seeds, yeah. Scott. And yeah. there is definitely a difference. And he he talks about how uh, you know Laman and Lemuel, Laman and Lemuel, they even they had the level of faith to go to Jerusalem. So they they had the level of faith to sow and to plant the seed, but they didn't have the level of faith to reap or to harvest, to finish the job, to endure to the end. They didn't have that level of faith. That took revelation by Nephi. Nephi had a different level of faith. He had the level of faith to reap, to harvest, to complete, to endure, to finish. That's a different level of faith. And that's what Alma is ultimately describing from going from a a seed to a seedling to a little plant to this great tree that produces its own fruit for others to enjoy. We'll include the uh, a link to that devotional talk in our, our show notes for this podcast, so you'll be able to find those there. David, also, um, you, you mentioned an app, and we're going to get a bunch of, e- of emails asking what app was that that you were referring to. Can you, can you <laughs> I tell? I don't even know what it's called. Could you? Uh, okay. I don't even know what we'll, it's called, we'll, uh, I'll find out, um, even if I have to uh, contact Taylor on that. And, yeah, and we'll, it's, it's, I love Taylor for we'll, sharing it with me, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's, uh, and it's free. It's called Scripture Plus. Okay, Scripture Plus. You can scripture probably, plus. probably get that. And you that can and... go into greater depth on it, but okay, so today the Scripture of the day is Luke twelve forty. There's only one verse. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when ye think not. I love that verse. I can ponder that verse. Yeah. I can feel good about myself. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much faith that really or how much that increases my faith yeah. if I don't go in a little more depth it into ma- it that. It makes some effort yeah. to reap. Yeah, yeah. so uh, again, I, I think it's awesome to read one verse a day, but I'm hoping that most days or some days, maybe a few days, that uh, we we learn to feast on the Word because feasting on the Word seems to create that tree and that fruit that we can continue to feast on over and over and over again. Yeah. So uh, when, when we're talking about faith, going back to lectures on faith for a moment from the School of the Prophets in Kirtland, Ohio, 1831 to 33, Scott, and these, uh, I really recommend our listeners read the lectures on faith if they haven't done so, and they can obtain that on Deseret Bookshelf. It's available there to read, and I I just really love these lectures on faith, particularly the one, and then particularly six, which tells us kind of how to obtain it. And the lectures on faith answer, really uh, try to answer uh, three questions. What faith is, uh, how we can obtain it, and the blessings of it. And uh, as I've studied that throughout my life several times, I mean, marked up the book and 
I really just love have devoured, tried to devour, feast on the on the lectures on faith, which used to be part of the Doctrine and Covenants. Most people probably know that, but they took it out in the late 1800s because they decided that it was never really declared a revelation, even though the Prophet Joseph Smith probably helped in the development of those lectures. It seems as though Sidney Rigdon had a had a big part in the uh, authoring them and others, but Joseph Smith certainly attended and certainly helped, I think, in the lectures on faith and accepted them. Uh, but in the lectures on faith, Scott, besides faith is the moving cause of all action, right? And, and think about that for just a minute. Uh, in fact, in that talk by Elder, uh, Elder Anderson, Wilford Anderson, uh, BYU-Idaho talk, he talks about the little girl who prays and prays and prays that uh, God will save these birds from not going into this trap. Their father or someone, I can't remember the details, had set a trap to ca- catch these birds which kept eating the fruit or something. And she prayed, and then after she got through praying, then she went out and smashed the trap. <laughs> That's well, faith in action. There right you there, go. Right? That's faith. Yeah. Faith is not just asking. Faith is acting. Yeah. Faith is action. So I love that. And the faith is also power. So we go from this this level of believing to acting. I mean, she prayed because she believed, and then she acted. And power is to be able to ask for things, and they happen. And I think maybe the greatest miracle of all and the greatest level of faith that we can all obtain is, Scott, and this is sacred, to ask to be forgiven to ask God to forgive us and to have the, the level of faith and the faith of power to know that he died for me, that he suffered for me and that he has forgiven me. Right. That takes great faith and to participate in the ordinances of the gospel, the sacrament and ordinances of the Holy temple and to know that we have become joint heirs with him through and because of our faith. There's an, an amazing series, uh, and you can find it on YouTube. I've just looked it up here, and if I uh, maybe I can include this link in the show notes as well. But it's on YouTube, and it's called, uh, and it's actually produced by uh, four really great men, one of them, one of David's friends, Robert Matthews, um, it's called The Lectures of Faith, and Introduction to the Lectures, and there's a series, uh, you can find that. These four men uh, discuss uh, 30 minutes at a time on there, the lectures uh, on of faith, the lectures on faith, rather, and uh, it just uh, I'd recommend that if you uh, have a desire to dive into a deeper study on the lectures of faith, that's a great place to begin. Yeah, thank you, Scott. That's awesome. So this uh, idea of faith, being uh, the other thing that we must do when we think of faith, Scott, is, and this is in the Bible Dictionary, so I want to just read this from the Bible Dictionary, 
which was written by Robert J. Matthews. Bless his heart, and I I love him. I miss him. He's been gone now from us for several years. But he this is what he wrote. This is uh, in the Bible Dictionary under faith. This is the fourth paragraph. Faith is a gift. I, I just, that is so important that we know faith is, again, not something that we earn. It comes to us as a gift from God through the Holy Spirit. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. It comes with a price, for sure. But it's not something that we can just determine that we can do on our own. Faith comes through the gift of the Holy Ghost. Faith itself is a gift. And then he writes, It must be cultivated. Different levels. And sought after until it grows. From a tiny seed to a great tree. The effects of true faith in Jesus Christ include, one, these are the effects of faith, an actual knowledge that the course of life one is pursuing is acceptable to God, two, a reception of the blessings of the Lord that are available to man in this life, and three, an assurance of personal salvation in the world to come. That's powerful. Those are the three effects of faith that are all described in the lectures on faith. An actual knowledge that the course of life one is pursuing is acceptable. Wouldn't we all be blessed to to know that? Two, a reception of the blessings of the Lord that are available to us in this life that we may not otherwise receive if it were not for our faith, (laughs) in other words. And three, an actual assurance or knowledge, the, the knowledge of hope and the assurance of hope that we have received salvation and will receive exaltation in the world to come. These things, he continues to write, one, one, a few more sentences here, these things involve individual and personal testimony, guidance, revelation, and spiritual knowledge. I'm telling you, Scott, Knowledge and faith are the same thing. Where the, And Elder McConkie taught that. Where there is true faith, there are miracles, visions, dreams, healings, and all the gifts of God that he gives to his saints. So I, I just hope and pray that all of our listeners will begin to receive the conditional blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ by beginning now to grow our faith. You know, President Hinckley, when he was president of the church, Scott, I think it was in actually the year 2000, we be, as we began a new millennium, and he was reviewing all of the challenges and problems of, of the past and the future, and he said, there is one thing that we need more than anything else that will solve all of our problems and it's increased faith and i i think of the you know the the scripture uh of the uh, centurion who who prays i think it's the centurion 
who prays uh, when Jesus says, do you believe? And he says, increase my faith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that we'll make it. All of us should have that prayer. We should be thinking that, yeah. striving for that, asking for yeah. that, seeking it, that we increase our faith. And as we do so, I know that that our personal worship will also increase and that we will be able to obtain the level of faith that we need to be able to have a connection and continual revelation with our loving Heavenly Father. And next week, I'm excited to talk about what specifically faith in Christ means, that specific faith. And as we hone in on that, that will lead us into repentance. I I want all of our listeners, I'll say this again next week, but I've come to this conclusion, Scott, and I know it's true, that if we keep repeating and repenting of the same sins over and over and over and over again, and I, I don't know, Scott, I can't speak to this like you can, but I, that may even be true of addictions. I believe it's because our faith in Jesus Christ is not at the level that it should be or needs to be to overcome that. That if we feel like we're stuck spiritually and we feel like we're spinning our wheels spiritually, we should go back to one thing, and that is how can I increase my faith in God and in Jesus Christ and his atonement? As we do so, we will have the power to move on to put things behind us that are negative and to move forth in confidence and trust in God. So thanks, thank you, Scott, uh, for again uh, helping us to have this discussion and uh, help our listeners, I think, come to a better understanding of what faith is. And we'll begin to talk uh, also next week about how to uh, obtain it, how, how to strengthen it besides what we've done right. today. Yeah. I'm just going to comment on what you did say <clears throat> about uh, those of us who keep going back to the old behaviors or, or, or habits or what have you and repenting and repenting and wondering why are we stuck there. Jacob answered that question for us in the beginning of our conversation today. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we'll miss it if we're not careful, if we're not reading with the spirit of, 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 of the Holy Ghost, if we're not reading it with the spirit of, of uh, trying to increase our own faith. But again, I'm going to just read it again in chapter uh, 4, verse 6 of Jacob. And 7. And 7. Because it really talks about change, I think. Uh, but the very spiritual but, change but, but the seven. answer to the question is the very first sentence. Wherefore, we search the prophets. Yeah, you know, and, and we can and we can make that about searching the prophets and searching the scriptures. We can make that about searching the truth in in um, twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. We can make that in searching and becoming and increasing our faith. Now, I say searching the steps of uh, you know in Alcoholics Anonymous, but we in searching those steps. The second step is that we increase our relationship with. And in my case, with Jesus Christ yeah. and through his atonement. So that's accurate. Uh, and the reason that we often do find ourselves in that constant chasing of our own tails around and around and around is because we're not willing to let go, let God 
run our lives. And the way that we do that is we do search the prophets. We do search the scriptures. We do everything in our power to increase our relationship with our Heavenly Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his atonement. Yeah, amen, Scott. Uh, I I think one of my favorite talk by President Nelson is the talk that he gave in April of 2020 called Hear Him. And it kind of goes with what Jacob says in Jacob 4.6. And he talks about this uh, intentional. We need to be more intentional in hearing the Lord. And uh, he says, it takes conscious and consistent effort to fill our daily life with his words, his teachings, his truths. And then he goes on and says, what will happen as you more intentionally hear, hearken, and heed what the Savior has said and what he is saying now through his prophets? That's a question. I promise that you will be blessed with additional power to deal with temptation, struggles, and weakness. I promise miracles in your marriage, miracles in your family relationships, and miracles in your daily work. And I promise that your capacity to feel joy will increase even if turbulence increases in your life. That's the power of faith. And I just hope and pray that we can all be more intentional to receive the gift. It's a requirement. It really is required for us to have some intent. And, and even that, Dave, even our intent will increase. You know, we can, if we can begin with just a desire to have intention, and if, even if we can, and, it, and I had this discussion with a recovering alcoholic or what will hopefully soon be a recovering alcoholic just yesterday. You know, if, if, if we can just pray for the desire for that seed to grow within us, uh, and that and Heavenly Father will bless us with that desire. And then as that desire comes and we see it grow, then we begin again to have the desire to search the prophets, that our hope may turn into faith, and that all of these things through the atonement of Jesus Christ will heal us from all things, from all things. And again, going back to that, uh, our, the weakness, heal all things yes. that come to us because of our weakness. What's our weakness again? Our weakness is our sub, being subject to the fall. In two Correct. ways. Mortality. In mortality. Spiritual death, a physical death. That can become a great strength and be turned into immortality. So, so I just really hope and pray, Scott, again, one more time, that all of us will be more intentional in increasing our faith by hearing the word of the Lord, by searching the prophets, the scriptures, receiving the word, planting the word in our hearts. And Scott, I, I think a question we should all ask ourselves every day is what am I going to do today right. to increase my faith? That, that should be something that we all yeah. ponder and that we all take uh, seriously and that we all do something about. Gang, thanks for being with us today. These things are important to us. Uh, I hope you can feel the spirit that we have felt here today as we've discussed these most sacred and important things in our lives and in yours too. Remember, you have been redeemed through his blood. We're excited to be with you again next week. Thanks for being with us. And until then, take care.